the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I remember once when I was in college and I was going back to a church service for the first time. It had been a while. And I was with a friend, and I was surprised to hear him say this. It had really been a while. He said, participating in the Eucharist, coming to the table for communion, for him was one of the most radical actions that any Christian could take. Tonight, we understand why this is true. And just moments ago, when we had a parish hall full of people, maybe 150 people, where two businesses in the town have been at each other's throats for several years, and there was not a lot of love in the room, and there were lawyers present and police, and lots of rumors on social media, we can even understand through that prism why this meal we share is true and so needed more than ever. Tonight we watch and wonder as the only begotten Son of God, the eternal Word that was in the beginning with God and through whom all things came into being, stoops down, comes from God into human form to wash the dirty feet of his disciples. Tonight's counter to what we see in a room like that where people are on edge and police are present because we behold the incarnate Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, as tying a towel around himself, not using force or a weapon or terrible words on social media. Instead, he uses water in a basin and assumes the role of a servant. The king kneels before his subjects, a total reversal of the world. The master washes the feet of his disciples. If what happened just now next door and what often happens in the world, where we know that not everyone is equal before the law, we know that the world doesn't always work this way, does it? That Jesus washes the feet of the disciples. Because in the world, there's a pyramid of power. It's important to name. At the top, and we see this especially in horse country, are the wealthiest, the rich, the most powerful, and arguably the intelligent. They set the standards and they enforce the rules. And at the bottom in the world, often, we still find are the weak and those who are poor, those who are disabled, those who struggle, the powerless and the vulnerable, immigrants and refugees, people who've lost a job, those who are mentally ill, those who are destitute. This is true of every human culture. The pyramids are set up this way. In every human culture, there's a pyramid of power. But Jesus is different, and this night is different. Jesus subverts everything. He subverts every hierarchy, smashes every pyramid, and does the exact opposite of what led up to what happened in that room just a short time ago. He stoops to align himself with those at the bottom, 
Those in last place, he takes the place of a servant and a slave. For Peter, this is unacceptable. He says, you will never wash my feet. He does not yet understand that the kingdom of God that Jesus has come to inaugurate is an upside-down kingdom. Again, different from what we see in there, in which the first are last and the last are first, and in which the greatest are servants of all, servants who begin with listening instead of shouting and using invective. Peter doesn't see that in this kingdom there are no second or third or fourth-class citizens because every person is valued, every person is honored, and every person is loved. How different is that than the pyramids of the world and what we saw in there? In the body, every member is precious, and each part, whatever its abilities or limitations, contributes to the whole. Jesus insists on washing Peter's feet, not because he's instituting a new ritual in which we all have to take part, but because what he's demonstrating here is essential to his message of love. And unless Peter can grasp this, he's not going to have a part to play in the new community the new community of the body of Christ. I have set you an example, says Jesus, that you also do as I have done to you. Just as I have knelt before you as a servant, so are you to kneel before one another, rendering loving service, setting up chairs before a meeting, listening, taking the temperature down, ensuring that there's a place in this village in our state, in our world, for every beloved child of God. Being kind and not using what power we may have to have power over others. Just as I've lovingly washed your feet, says Jesus, so too are you to touch the lowly with kindness and gentleness and even the lowliness and the gentleness of inside, lifting them to their feet so that they may stand with you in freedom and dignity before the God who has created and redeemed us all. I have set you an example. Seek out the broken and the lost. Listen with compassion to anyone whose dignity has been trampled on, anyone who can't operate a business in town because of who they love, anyone who's come to see themselves as a failure in the world, or who's forgotten or even never really known what it is just to be loved, truly loved, just as they are. What a contrast this Jesus is to the ways of the world. The church has often lost sight of this call to what is so essential to Jesus and his life and his ministry. If I'm honest, I... And I think the church at large have gotten caught up in pyramids of power that reward the wealthy and privileged first and burden the poor and the powerless. Sometimes I do this unconsciously. I take the easy way out. It's easier sometimes to sit at a table with the powerful, especially when they invite you and they have your name already stenciled in at a very fancy dinner. It's easy and it's fun. 
And there's nothing really wrong with it on its face. But if that's all I do, it's really hard to see Jesus, isn't it? If that's all we do, we can't come into contact with the one who loved us and went before us as a forerunner to set this example. We've often not been fully aware of the countless ways that we and others at the top of the pyramid, for globally that's where we all are, by reason of our race or our class or our education or our social status, have not been willing to see and acknowledge that we've allowed others to do the really difficult and strenuous work, often working hours and hours with little compensation and back-breaking sweat. We've relied on their labor to build industrial societies, much like the pharaohs of Egypt relied on the labor of slaves to build their pyramids. I have an iPhone. I've taken part in this pharaonic milieu. We've benefited from the labor of those who manufacture clothing and grow our food, but whose lives are full of suffering. Sometimes we participate in this unconsciously. But other times we've been fully conscious and have done our best to preserve the status quo just because it benefits us. Getting a seat at that nice table because it's comfortable. Whenever and wherever the church forgets the poor, forgets the marginalized, whenever and wherever it aligns itself with pyramids of power for its benefit and gain, our witness is compromised. Our witness and ability to go into that room and with real authority and conviction be a loving presence in the midst of a broken town and a country that is splitting apart at this hour at the seams over that question that Pilate would ask at the crucifixion of Jesus when he washed his hands and he simply asked, what is truth? This is where we are at this meal that's been given to us in love. We walk in the footsteps of this Jesus to catch his vision, to follow his example, to kneel, to love, and to serve, and to make real the kingdom of God on earth, or at least a little bit of it, in this village where we know each other by name and in our church where we see our face and we partake in this sacred supper by the grace of God. Amen.